Yes, guys, what's good? You're tuned into Mango Masala, Pi Radio South Asian show. My name's Gerns and I'm here with Simran. What's happening? You're listening to Mango Masala on Pi Radio, Manchester's South Asian youth show. I'm Simran coming in from, I was going to say London and lie, I'm not. <clears throat> Where are you coming in from, Simran? I'm coming in from Slough. Oh, I saw a thing. I don't know how credible it is, but apparently Slough's the. I mean, I'm not. I'm saying I don't know how credible it is. It sounds really credible. That Slough's the fourth worst place in the UK to live. Was that on TikTok? Because I saw that as well. Mm. <laughs> oh, why didn't you send it to me? I, I did. Me. Oh no, no. Oh, I said. I said. I. I've seen multiple. I've sent you one of them at least, definitely. <clears throat> For sure, everyone sends it to me. But how I don't you... think it's. I don't think it's fourth in the UK worst bad place to live. Well, I don't know. I've never been, so I can't really comment, but... I don't think it's that bad. But I will say, for any of you that have been to a Sainsbury's recently, I think in some Sainsbury's, they're rolling this thing out, and they have done it in Slough, um, that when you use the self-checkout, your receipt comes with a barcode, and then you're basically locked in the self-checkout area... And then you have to scan the barcode on a separate scanner and then it opens gates and you can get out. What? What? Is that that to try and stop people from stealing stuff? Yeah. So you have to have like bought your products. I'm guessing that must mean that people were like just walking through the self-checkout area. What and then getting away with it? And just gone yeah. through, yeah. But anyway, my friend who doesn't who doesn't live in Slough came to Slough and we had to go to Sainsbury's to get something, and they were horrified horrified <laughs> and i was like yep just slough things well i mean speaking of slough have you been watching the traitors no is it in slough no well you've missed out simran i'll tell you that one of the best bits of tv the uk really? in a long time yeah i've seen um like skits about it and i just don't understand the concept nor does it look that appealing it, from the it, skits i've seen it is Trust me. Look, I told look. I told you. I didn't tell you. I told you about Saltburn, and then you went and watched it. Now I tell you about Traitors. Traitors. You go and watch it. It's basically for those who don't know as well. Spoiler alert, because I'm going to get into um, a bit more details about it. It's basically a game hosted by Claudia and Winkleman, and you you know what? Love Claudia. I know. Love her in a fringe. Um, and it's basically a game where there's around 2022, 20, um, what's it called? 2022 contestants, and they're all in this castle in Scotland. And basically, at the start, Claudia chooses a couple of people that are going to be known as the traitors. Only they know that they're the traitors. The other people don't, and they're known as the faithfuls. And every night, the traitors basically convene and choose to murder um, one of the faithfuls. Um, and also, every day, everyone meets around this round table and chooses to banish one person who they think is a traitor. Obviously, they might get it right, they might get it wrong, and they find out when they banish them whether they were a faithful or a traitor. In the meantime, they're playing games every day to try and raise money with a maximum part of 120 grand. And at the end of it, um, obviously, there'll be people being eliminated throughout each um, episode. At the end of it, um, they have to decide whether they want to end the game if they're happy that there's no traitors there or whether they want to continue banishing people until they're happy that there's no traitors left. 
so obviously if there is a traitor left at the end then they get all the money but if there isn't then the faithfuls get the money to split between them go on simran question are they aware of how many traitors there are to be eliminated like five six whatever like no oh so it literally could be like 19 out of 20 of them like that's crazy well i mean it won't be though like no, it won't it's, be, it's, but it's like, around they could around continue two to, to three. eliminate people oh so it's not that many yeah um do the traitors know other traitors are traitors yeah and this is the thing as well sometimes right. they end up throwing each other under the bus because they're like oh that someone's got sus on them i'm gonna like out them sort of thing um do you care about like, me ruining the plot for you or so it's like among us in real life basically and yeah busted. and what's that show that we used to watch when we were little is it trapped yeah it is it is that basically and was that also claudia <laughs> winkleman i don't know because that was just some random lips wasn't it that was speaking you oh, never actually saw the I, person i don't know why i thought it had an actual host but yeah with the purple yeah, lipstick yeah. and had a little bit on her teeth um throwback because I'm envisioning what you're saying, especially because you said castle, literally mm. like that tower that they were in, entrapped. Yeah, and the the things that they have to do is basically like raving on steroids, like all these tasks, like they were running around, pro is proper like, yeah. Um, do you care about me ruining the plot for you or do you not want me oh, to? Oh, Raven. Yeah, Raven. I think he said raving. Uh, no, no, I was like, no. That's no, a no. weird task. <laughs> <laughs> do you care about me ruin the, ruining no. the plot? Right. So basically, got to the final last night. Spoiler alert for anyone that hasn't watched it yet. There were five of them left. Um, three faithfuls and um, two traitors, one of whom had been there from the very start of the show. Um, so he'd like... Because they ha sometimes like add traitors in the middle. You can like switch and stuff. But this guy had been there from the very beginning. So he'd obviously done well to like keep under wraps and like make it to the end. So got to the very final the five of them chose to banish one of the people who actually was a faithful so then in the end there were two traitors and two faithfuls obviously the faithfuls didn't know that they had to choose whether they want to end the game or continue with it and they all chose to um, continue with the game continue banishing because a lot of them had sus on one of the people that actually was a traitor so then they chose to vote him out however that traitor outed the og guy that had been there like not like outed didn't say oh you're a traitor because they're not allowed to do that but he was like oh i think it's so and so i think he's played a good game throughout sort of thing so there was sus like thrown on him then so then there was just two faithfuls and one um traitor left they had to choose whether they wanted to end the game again for context as well one of the faithfuls was like really close with the last traitor left so they really trusted them so both her and the last traitor voted they wanted to end the game because they didn't think there were any tra she didn't think there were any traitors left and he obviously was like well i i want to end it so i can win it so that but then the other faithful decide he was still had sus on the final traitor and he was like i just can't like i can't end this i think we should vote them out so then he obviously set, tried to vote um, the final traitor out. The final traitor, because obviously you have to choose someone to vote out, then voted them out because they needed to put someone on the board. So then it all came down to this final person who was really friendly with the last traitor. They wrote down their answer, and then at the last minute were like, oh, can I change it? So they changed it, and they actually voted the final faithful out rather than the traitor. And then when there's two people left, the game has to end because obviously you can't like go any further. So 
it was just her and her traitor friend. And then obviously got revealed that he's a traitor. Um, so he wins the entirety of the pot, which is 95 grand. Yeah. Very, this is what I mean, very good TV, but just heartbreaking to watch. But. So was she, what was her reaction? Yeah, she said a lot of expletives and just ran out, mm. basically. And then what about the per- the third person that got eliminated, like the, the other person that was also fatal? Um, well, I think... It must have been so annoyed. It was, it, it, he said in these, like, after, you know, when they do, like, a TV thing, he was like, oh, it's a tough pill to swallow, but ultimately it's good because he knows that he couldn't have done anything else. Like, if he chose yeah. to end the game then then the final traitor who's called harry by the way he would have um ended up winning anyway so at least he tried to get him out there's nothing more that he could have done and people are loving him as well because throughout the whole thing he's been really good at deciding who the traitors are but then also people are really frustrated at the final person who made the deciding vote because they were like well why would um the other final faithful why would they choose to continue playing the game if they were actually a traitor like there's no there's no point in any of that like you know what i mean they might as well just choose to finish it because it oh you know what i mean like it did yeah, it, yeah. people saying if they had like more critical thinking probably they would have realized that but but obviously she didn't even clock that person was a traitor so maybe it's just a bit of yeah but it is, it is peak for them i will say um, but, i've got a question yeah what incentivizes the traitors to not just straight up snitch on one another um well, obviously, throughout the game, like, you don't want to... You want more traitors, don't you? Because you want, like, more um, people on your side so you don't feel like you're, like, having to do it all yourself right. sort of thing. But towards the end, there were... And this traitor that got through to the very end, Harry, he had literally thrown... Whenever it got a bit heated and stuff, he would literally throw the other traitors under the bus and had managed to just get to the end. And obviously, at the very end as well, he did the same to the last traitor. And this 22-year-old from slough has then gone and won um let's go 95 grand but let's go yeah where is he let me find him <laughs> uh well apparently there's rumors that he's going out with connor maynard's sister don't know but i <laughs> don't know whether that's true or not but yeah um but yeah good good tv and it was it was obviously so and it's so entertaining to watch because like yeah keeps you on the end of your Wait, seat. i kind of want to watch it now and i also feel like you have such a good way of describing things that it actually makes me want to watch because like i know my harry potter clip guys if you haven't seen it go on our instagram watch this <laughs> clip of me talking about harry potter like people are okay people are really resonating me in the with the comments though i feel like i express what the people were too scared to express <laughs> <laughs> i'm brave yeah and people oh, were like yo she's being facts <laughs> you see the comments like literally like simran is expressing how i've been thinking this whole time you know what it is it's the age gap because obviously i think me and halima are kind of at that last cutting point where we are old enough to remember when it first came out do you know what i mean younger cousins get annoyed at me though for not watching it okay yeah then i don't know what it is i was trying to throw you your bone then but yeah no it's honestly it is just me but i don't have any regrets to be honest um yeah. But yeah, I think maybe you've got because now I want to watch Traitors. So maybe there's something about the way you describe shows and movies that I'm like, hmm. If anyone wants to hire me, if anyone wants me to do yeah, like, you should do this, marketing. This, it, yeah, this isn't a sponsored post, and the Traitors does not need any marketing because literally they've been breaking him. Um, 
like records and stuff what like what show is uh, channel is it on it's on BBC so it's on iPlayer um, the first series was on there as well if you want to watch that as well um, oh it's not oh, I, it's so I thought it was completely new no there was a first series I think it was last year um, but this year it's been really really good and like they've had um, I think like four or five million people watching it live at once like the past couple of weeks like yeah you know what that's good though because i feel like tv really lost its like there's been no show especially like game show type that have really come like you know taken a lot of people by storm at once like you know the occasional love island season pops off and then other than that like well you know this is the thing because obviously at the moment love island all stars is on and the first week that both love island and the traitors was on um traitors was getting in million millions of wow. views whereas love island wasn't even breaking a million and i think that <gasps> kind of just goes to show that um people kind of do want to people want to see like relatable people because that's the thing mm. with the traitors it's it's everyone's like maybe like from age 18 to 70 like there's like a whole range of people um all um from different backgrounds um some people um have various disabilities for example like all of that all like genders etc like it's very much a varied group of people whereas especially this season of love island obviously it's love island yeah. all stars it's all people that we've already seen before so, and i do feel yeah. like everyone knows like their recruitment process for love island is not even so much about what you look like or like obviously I, it's a huge part of it but like as the seasons went on it was also more about how much clout you already had and who you were yeah and like obviously that's how people knew each other coming in or like people knew like a lot of things about people because some people already had like um a social media following before they even came on love island for the first time so i feel like the recruitment process of love island was already techie yeah whereas um, at least people want to see like a bit more of an open pool of people yeah. that are coming into a show like there's one um contestant in particular on this season of the traitors um her name's diane and she is just a complete like she is mother essentially <laughs> like oh. she's just been idolized and she's like obviously she's been like this morning and stuff the past couple of weeks because everyone's just like loved her like because because wow. she's been on the show and that's why i mean she's like obviously been elevated to proper like celebrity status whereas yeah obviously from the <laughs> stats are showing not that many people are actually caring about love island especially because it's people that we've all seen before and what they're doing mm. is they're kind of for a lot of them they're putting in couples that have already been together just to like see oh, what's gonna happen they're back yeah. together so but. i i think i've said this on the show before like i fell off love island like i didn't really i've never been a huge love island fan but like i have watched the season here and there mm. and then i would kind of watch the first episode keep up with it on social media watch casa and more and then give up again which yeah. i think was a great way to do it because at least by casa and more i know who's coupled up i know the funny moments and then i see casa and more and i'm like oh god it's all going mm. crazy um i've actually watched the all-star one not all of it, but I've watched like probably most episodes, I would say. I think I'm just bored. Yeah. Um, it's all right. It's Love Island. You know what I mean? But I think like, I don't know if the producers knew this or not, but so many of them have had history with one another outside of Love Island, like out, like in their own time. Yeah. That it's all just like, it's just X on the beach. <laughs> yeah. It's very manufactured. It's almost like other reality tv shows isn't it when like made in chelsea for example when that they all know each other and it's all like oh yeah. so and so happened on the outside like let's discuss this sort of thing like yeah exactly yeah. and i feel like you know 
people will come out of love island and make like a tiktok for example and be like oh you know that chat that went like really viral on instagram like that was all manufactured like the producers told us to go there and then everyone knows that the producers are literally like chris go and pull georgia and go to the terrace like mm. do you know what i mean yeah um that is so obvious in this season you can tell every mm. chat looks so just manufactured uh, you know what it is as well they all having been on it once know how they know to game. act they know like, game. Sort of thing. Yeah. like they know what makes they know good what TV. they're doing and they know what people they know how it's edited i mm. think is a really important thing they know how people are going to react to certain things they know how to get airtime and they know how to come out and deal with it mm. yeah so it's just it's a different vibe but loki is still kind of interesting like background yeah but this is what i mean when there's that versus the traitors me personally i've just been mm. yeah bye. i might watch it you know you I, kind of yeah you should and like i said the first season of it from last year is on there as well and obviously you don't know anything about that season so that might be interesting to watch and then compare it to this season do you, you think i'd be good on it as a contestant well i don't know um thing is what would you want to be a traitor that's the thing okay what happens if the faithful people win they split the money yeah so you don't even get like so if there's like five of you but there's, compared to one person winning 95 grand but there's not like for example um last season there were like four people left in the final this season there were like four or five people left so it's always like that many so we, it's either gonna go split like split like maybe like three ways but but again it's still a lot of money because it's a maximum 120k so even that split three ways is um, oh i see 40. how did how does the money go down like through challenges and stuff it's like oh if you complete this challenge then you get to add um 10 grand to the prize part like yeah oh and it's okay, like, there's like you, extra bits of money that you can get yeah yeah it's good yeah i feel like i would like to be a contestant because the reason i asked this question is because i think I think I would do a good job at sussing out like really little behaviors that people are showing that might elude to that they are a traitor. I just, I don't know. I just feel like I've got an intuition. Well, this guy that everyone's like really um, a fan of because he's been good at sussing people out, his name's um, mm. Jazz and he's Sikh. So maybe it's a Sikh thing. Gang. Ja Jazz Singh. Yeah. Gang. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Everyone's like calling him like him um, Jazzka for Christie on um, Twitter and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. But anyway, enough on the traitors. Let's talk a bit more about other celeb related news that's been in the news this past week. First of all, I just want to touch on because we don't really talk about enough positive stuff. Just a little bit of a positive um, break. Tom Holland and Zendaya. Have you seen? Um, Zendaya's obviously been attending Paris Fashion Week, and Tom Holland has like suddenly remembered, oh, I'm dating Zendaya. He's been sharing to his story like loads of like videos Aww. of her and stuff. Like it's just really cute. Like, yeah, love Aww, that. It's all so Valentine's. -y. What are you doing for Valentine's Day? I don't know. You put me on the pressure now, Simran. Bianca. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm doing for Valentine's Day. We are recording um, a very special agony auntie for Valentine's Day. That's what we are doing. So please send us um, your <laughs> dilemmas. Um, and we yeah, will be Yeah, go on our them. Instagram, guys. Yeah. Even if, you, even if it isn't on our story, just message us um, 
we'll we'll answer for you completely anonymously. Yes. Can't promise that we won't be judging, but no, we yeah. won't. Shall I give like a premise of what we're looking for? Like, yeah, you do if that. If you have any submissions, any kind of situation that you would like or need some advice on from your two very trusted love experts, me and Carlos, because we're so qualified and that was sarcasm by the way um but we are looking for people to submit just some um, issues problems dilemmas thoughts comments concerns stories um that we can give you advice for because we would love to be those people for you and we would love to give you some advice on your love related dilemmas and last year we did it and it was so much fun and yeah. we would and we're not gonna judge it's um, just gonna be good vibes this time i promise to not do it in drag so Carlos is not wearing <laughs> drag this time, guys. So yeah. don't worry about that. In case that was what was putting you off, and I completely understand if it was. Yeah. That will not be happening this time around. Yeah. It's too much effort. I can't be bothered. So, yeah, message us for the link if you would like the link to the submission document. Yes. Anyway, moving on from Valentine's and Simran landing me in the doghouse because I think Bianca's Sorry. actually listening. Um, We've done the positive stuff. Let's go on to the negative stuff. So, have you seen what's been going on? I don't think you will have because you're naturally on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. What's been happening with Taylor Swift um, over the past week? So, no. someone basically has used a site to generate deep fake images of her oh. and trigger warning, basically being gang R worded at a Chiefs game. Obviously, her boyfriend. Um, plays for the um, Kansas Chiefs um, American football this got posted on Twitter and the last time I like saw anything about it it had over 150,000 likes um, so first of all you've obviously got the fact that this is Elon Musk's Twitter right like this that that kind of um, not even the fact that it is overtly sexual content uh, content but the fact that it is um completely non-consensual as well as being shared across this platform and hasn't been taken it hasn't been taken down to the extent that it's got um hundreds of thousands of engagements um i think i have noticed that as well like over the past um year my twitter has become increasingly not really tailored to what i necessarily was interested in it used to be just be like funny memes and a lot of if i'm being honest gay twitter like that was my kind of humor like that would pop up but now i could continue seeing like quite a lot of overtly sexual not in a good way stuff popping up so i don't know if it's anything to do with that and i think it also goes to show as well because a lot of people have said obviously elon fired uh vast majority of twitter staff and people have been like oh look it's still up and running like that should be like an an example for other companies that they don't need that much manpower but clearly they do because this is what's happening now but going back to um, this taylor swift incident in particular um she's reportedly looking into pursuing legal action against the site that she has should. been used to generate these images um which obviously really sorry that this has happened to her but also i think if we're trying to find some positive in this if someone with as much standing as taylor swift manages to set a precedent then hopefully this will prevent it from being um ha happening to other people in the future if they can see that like, this is what happens if you do this sort of thing but yeah it's just the pictures are just gross if i'm being honest what an absolutely heartbreaking situation like mm. listen 
you can have your opinions about someone's music and their celebrity status and their presence as much as you want. Nobody deserves to have that happen to them. And I wouldn't even know where to start in terms of processing that situation if that had ever happened to me, God forbid. Do you mm. know what I mean? That is such a unique thing to see of yourself. And that is so traumatic yeah. that honestly, my heart actually breaks for her. Like, I can't even fathom how you would even begin to process something like this. It's you can have your opinions about her all you like, but get a life. Like, if that's what you're going to spend your time doing and making of other people. And God knows what else like, the original creator has also yeah. thought of. Like, people are sick. I mean, it shows really the... Um again one of the many negative elements of how advanced ai is getting the depravity the depravity of the internet and people's actions on the internet is like it honestly is to no yeah. end it's so sickening like people have way too much creative freedom to be yeah. generating exactly and the time. fact that if we're really going to call it creative it's like the, literally the worst way in which you can be quote-unquote creative like uh, revoke people's licenses to do stuff like this like honestly I don't know if it like obviously calls to a larger debate on who's moderating the sites that generate these kind of images and what software is in place to detect images of like a sexual nature mm. or what have you. But yeah, like you said, if someone with as much standing and pres precedence as Taylor Swift can do something about this, that would be incredible. But this shouldn't have even been a problem in the first place. Yeah, exactly. It's weird as well because it's such a... It's, I'm not saying whether it's better or worse, but obviously, for example, when like nudes are leaked of people, um, that's obviously a picture that that person has took of themselves. They never, they, most cases, never intended for people to see it, um, but they obviously know what it looks like, and they they they've 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 took it themselves in that sense. This is like a completely different ball game almost because it is literally it it's it's ai generated there's been no it like it could you could literally as long as you've got someone's face you could take this and do this to anyone and it, it's it's a very weird um i don't know where the law stands in terms of this but obviously there needs to be stuff put in place because this is such a weird concept and deep fakes aren't new either so the yeah. fact that it's still not well moderated is is crazy because it has been around like for a long time i know people make like things of like politicians saying stuff and like and like of a sexual nature as well it has been a thing like are you, people have like fake generated people like pictures of people doing horrible things like it's just yeah. you know yeah it's not great but yeah solidarity like, you know like, taylor swift not gonna lie my life got better when i deleted twitter i i've said that for so long that i can't yeah. remember like 2022 i think maybe even longer than that my life i genuinely saw a change in my mental health when i deleted twitter because twitter is just an amalgamation of sadness and people complaining and like fair enough i know people can now come at me and be like yeah you live under a rock and i'm not as up to date on things because that is one thing and i know like being able to turn that off is a massive privilege and i have to acknowledge that however it was so brutal like and and then also like i think the side of twitter like, away from political stuff anyone could post anything i could literally be like oh i'm drinking my water right now i'm trying to drink three liters of water a day the, i would have 100 people in my mentions like you're so stupid what do you mean mm -hmm. everyone's got an opinion and everyone's sharing it and everyone's got like 
weird anecdotal evidence to support i just oh, i just really used to grind my gears to a point where i was exhausted with it and i was like i'm just gonna get rid of this and i genuinely i saw a difference in my life <laughs> fair and that, that was even before elon took over and i think it's only got worse yeah. in that respect and like i had a couple of tweets that got oh, so much engagement like they were all about like Punjab and like politics and stuff Oh my god, I had the most disgusting mentions and direct messages threatening me and like, you know, from people that didn't agree with what I was saying, mm. saying the most like depraved, disgusting things. And I was like, what, 20? Like, nah, never mm. again. I, I, I can't see myself downloading that app again. Probably is that I imagine the similar demographic that started coming for Halima after the, the last um, thing she posted in relation to. Exactly. That and that's area. why it really grinds yeah. my gears. I've been on the other side of it. And like, it's Twitter's just a free for all. Do you know what I mean? From like, you could see a video of like a baby getting killed. You then you could see a video of like a yeah. get ready with me or like someone showing you how to cook soup, and then like another video of like a giraffe getting killed by a lion. Like it was just <laughs> yeah, it's you com completely desensitized to stuff in a way. Yeah. And I don't like being desensitized to stuff. Like things still need to be shocking, you know, like to actually have impact. Otherwise, if you're just consuming that constantly, yeah. You just don't you can't even differentiate between like what's normal and what's not. Yeah. Well, as I said, solidarity with Taylor Swift. Moving on to maybe a slightly less negative but still overly negative in general topic. <laughs> um actually probably more in the middle, but anyway, Oscars. Have you seen all the drama since the nominations came out? Barbie. Yeah. So for those who don't know, there's been a bit of outrage from various people online after Margot Robbie, who obviously was the lead role in Barbie, was not nominated for Best Actress in a Leading Role at this year's Oscars. And likewise, the director, Greta Gerwig, was not nominated for Best Director. Um overall the film was still nominated for eight awards um i think a lot of people are kind of pointing out as well um how it feels a bit weird because ryan gosling has been nominated for best supporting actor um and i'm just ken has been nominated for best original song um and they're kind of pointing out that obviously the whole point of this movie was about just very much feminism and the fact that um the lead role and director haven't been nominated for Oscars um, yet the supporting male role has. That being said, um, first of all, like I said, the film has still got eight nominations overall. Um, Greta Gerwig, the director, has still been nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay. Um, other people have been pointing out, is this really Greta's best work in the first place. A lot of people have pointed out other films, like, yes, this film did well in terms of capturing um, the attention of a wide audience, and a lot of people were able to relate to it, but in terms of um, it being credited as to how good of a film it was, like, in comparison to other works of art, if we're going to call them that, is this really the best, and does it deserve that? Um, also, in regards to Margot Robbie, um... I've seen people obviously pointing out, um, oh, this is like the, this is exactly the point of the film. Like, look at this, blah blah blah. Um, but they fail to realise that she hasn't been nominated for best actress. So all the people she's up against are women. 
you know what I mean? So it's kind of like, it's not like she's lost out on this position to a load of men. Like, this is literally for the best actress category. I saw someone, like, quote a Taylor Swift lyric that was, oh, I wonder if I'd get there um, any faster if I was a man. And it's just like, well, no, she wouldn't because it's best actress category. I don't really understand what's going on. Also, you've got the fact that this whole like discourse and argument is arguably overshadowing the various wins that have actually happened at this year's oscars for example margot robbie may not have been nominated for best um actress in the leading role but lily gladstone has for her um role in killers of the flower moon and she's actually the first native american to be nominated for this category so that has like completely been overshadowed by all this oh where's margot robbie's place in this furthermore obviously um america ferrera who's also in the barbie movie she got nominated for best actress in a supporting role yet all the attention and i think even she's been asked about oh what do you think about the fact that margot and greta have been nominated for this and this and it's like Shall we just let like these like people people of color as well? Should we just let them like celebrate their wins without focusing on whether two white women have been nominated. So much to the extent that obviously as well, um, various celebrities have like tweeted about this, and even to the extent of Hillary Clinton has come online and like done some like trying to be funny um, quote saying, "Oh, Margot and." Um, Greta you are Kenneth and everyone's literally like you have the time to comment on this but not for example what's happening in Palestine right now like yeah world's gone mad basically yeah I I'm gonna be honest I don't have much of an opinion on it because I think it is like just overshadowing a whole bunch of wins like I've seen it different sides like I've seen the side of people that are annoyed about it because I knew from like when the film came out, I saw people saying like if if Ryan gets an Oscar nomination and these two don't like um, Margot and Greta, like if they don't, then you know we're throwing hands, right? Mm. I've seen that kind of from the beginning, so I knew when it happened that would be the response. And like, I get why because it's the point of the film, but you can't overshadow like you can't make it so big. But with a film that was that big, it's obviously natural that this was going to happen. I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah you're right like i don't think it should like have overshadowed the achievements of so many other people that had great films i don't know enough about films to be honest as yeah, we all know neither, to, be honest. to comment on the quality of the barbie film in comparison to other films that came out in the year because it's probably literally the only film i watched the whole year to be honest <laughs> um i don't know if other films were good mm. and i don't i i can't i'm the worst i'm the last person to tell you what the marker of a good film is in terms of like direction and production and stuff so i don't have an opinion to be honest um but like in terms of like i saw a lot of people say like making an impact in terms of like social standing and just having incredible marketing is not enough to get you an oscar nomination it just had a lot of like impact and which is fair enough and it was a great movie in my opinion and it had a great message an absolutely incredible message and it was amazingly marketed, you know, I, whether I don't even know if the Oppenheimer, Oppenbarbenheimer thing was planned, but obviously that probably gave both movies a lot of extra like push yeah. in terms of like marketing and whatever. Um, obviously, it, that kind of took 2023 by storm. And like, I remember that's all I, that's all I was seeing anyway was Barbenheimer. Um, so I feel like that doesn't get you an Oscar nomination alone. 
Yeah. If that makes any sense. Yeah, for sure. And to be honest as well, like, have Margot and Greta even, like, said that they're annoyed about it? I don't feel well, like everyone's Ryan, just jumped Ryan in Gosling? Reynolds? Ryan Gosling. Gosling. Well, see, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not the person to ask about this. <laughs> Ryan Gosling put out a statement saying that like, he was disappointed that they, they didn't get nominations. But I don't think... It kind of adds fuel to the fire on that side of the argument. Because mm. if literally the person who starred in the movie, co-starred in the movie, like, is saying that, then it, it doesn't help. Yeah. But obviously that's how he feels, and that's... I, I can't take it away. He was directly involved in the movie, so that's on him. Yeah, I feel like he probably felt a need to say that. Like, I think looking at things from a basic perspective, he probably like, thought, like, oh... Do I think that the lack of Oscar nominations for Margot and Greta sets back feminism? No. The film did so much yeah. in terms of actually like opening people's eyes up to how the patriarchy is harmful, how no one really benefits from it, how men directly are disadvantaged because of it. You know, they can't show emotions, they can't like, you know, and how women can't succeed because of it. Yeah, agreed. Like it did so much in terms of representation, visibility, uh, opening people's eyes up to all the patriarchy stuff that I just said. Like, did we need did we need that on top of it is that is that really like what we're gonna die on a hill over the fact that i didn't get nominated for an oscar for particular categories and it already did yeah. for eight yeah. like <laughs> exactly uh, i will say i will be annoyed if um, i'm just ken wins best original song just because i'm a bit like come on like it's it's a joke do you know yeah. what i mean like i'm just like, ironic song yeah like out for, for, not even from like a feminist perspective but more just from a musical yeah. perspective i'd be like come on like there's got to be better there's got to yeah, be better there is like for example the billy eilish song what was i made for that's nominated for it as well so it's actually got two nominations in that category i personally think that Dua leapers um, danced in that should have been nominated but you know what other films came out in 2023 because i literally cannot think of any other films that came out. yeah Did avatar come out I don't know. I just know that there's been five more movies commissioned for the next, like, 20 years. Uh, thank God for that. Right, Simran, <laughs> whilst you're looking up that, we're going to play a bit of music. Simran has found out that Avatar actually was released, or the most recent one was in 2022, so irrelevant. Such a good film. Also, in the break, Simran has decided that she's going to apply for the Traitor Season 3, apparently. I um, got told that I think that... that I apparently I'd be good on it. I can see you, but the the thing that's so annoying about the game is if you're not a traitor, there is every possibility that you can just get voted off. Do you know what I mean? It, it's completely see, I like... Think, this is really grandiose of me, but <laughs> I think I would... I think people would like me enough that they wouldn't want me out and I'd be so sincere and I wouldn't be a traitor. I, I wouldn't want to be a traitor. I'd want to be a normal contestant. So I feel like I would just play the friendship card. And mm. I think I'd just be really good at sussing people out that then my teammates would want me as well because I'd be like right all the time. You see, I feel like you're oversimplifying it. Like if you watch it, you'll understand. Like, but. Fair. Yeah. But I feel like I'm good at the analysis. Like I'm good at the like psycho an analysis yeah. of people and being like, ooh, that's a. That's that the sucks. thing, but it all depends. And I was really good at Among Us when I used to play that in lockdown. Throwback. It all depends on what's best for them as well. Like sometimes if people are getting a bit too cocky or they're onto people, then they will they will go and murder them. But sometimes it's in their best interest. Murder? To... 
That's you why missed you, that part out of this. That's why it's called. They, they, they murder them. They, they murder them each night. You didn't tell me it was. I did. <laughs> um, so that happens, but um, sometimes it's in their best interest to keep people in because it's very obvious if someone's murdered the night before and they were sussing on one of the traitors, and it's kind of like, well. That but I feel like, do you know up. what? Do you know why I think I do good on it? Because I don't need to win. I just need to be right. Vote me out. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Vote me out. Fine. Yeah. But then I'll go on this morning, the next day, and everyone's <laughs> going to be like Simran. I'll be heralded. Right. This is sounding like it's a bit more for your own ego rather than actually wanting to participate in the traitors. <laughs> yeah, but who, who's going on it for any other reason? Well, so you, uh, from what people have said, it sounds like you have to like sound interesting in your tape. Like you have to be like, oh yeah, I, if I was a traitor, I'd want to like win all the money. So I be easy for listening to this. I'm really passionate Scratch about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, going back to recent news, it oh, is oh, what? What? <laughs> Sorry, do you have anything more to add to this conversation? No, I don't, but it was just such a... <laughs> what? God, sorry, am I being okay. cutthroat? Sorry. Right. Going back to recent news, it is time for... Bad Vibes Silence! I can't hear it. Well, yeah, because you're on Zoom. Which is going very well, by the way, Touchwood. Um, please, Pyradio yeah, Internet, said it now. don't break on us. Anyway, um, this week we are focusing on the topic of war. Because I don't know if you've heard, Simran, but there's every possibility that we're going to get conscripted. I don't know if I can say it on radio, but can I say it anyway? I mean, um, right, right. I'm going to say yes, but you have to apologise afterwards if it's bad. I'll serve before i serve this country right yeah you can't say that simran apologies to anyone that's offended by that um yeah apologies simran apologize sorry 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 i mean you could have said something else <laughs> but facts though because let's be honest okay first of all it's not happening yeah they said it's not gonna happen rishi yeah. sumak said that right. you know the whole point that they pride this country on the military service being voluntary yeah well, I reckon, you know, if it came to it, maybe they would scratch that. Let's let's give a bit of context. For people that don't know, there's been talk of the UK introducing mandatory conscription um, as the um, Ukraine-Russia conflict is escalating. Chief of the General Staff, General Sir Patrick Sanders, has suggested that British men and women could face a call-up to the army in the event of a war with Russia. Furthermore, General Sir Richard Sheriff, Britain's former top NATO commander, has said that even if Russia is defeated in the war against Ukraine, it's going to remain determined to rebuild another empire, moving on to other countries in the former Soviet space, i.e. the Baltic states, which are members of NATO. Hence why this whole talk of like there being a NATO-Russia um, conflict um, escalating that's why that's there's talk of that um he also said that the current uk numbers in terms of the army are in free fall at around seventy four thousand and are not capable currently of producing a war fighting division so that's where we're at in terms of that so like you said rishi sunak has said oh it's not gonna happen um 
I think a lot of this whole talk about it has been hysteria. But I just wanted to ask Simran, what would it take for you to fight for this country? What's the incentive needed? I'm reminded time and time again, yeah, that this is not my country. So what am I doing fighting for it? Tell me. People that yeah. people that have lineage here, people that have ancestry here are still saying they wouldn't do it because they don't respect the government. What just happened? Um, people have lineage here. I'm just I'm just gonna <laughs> but, mm, Carlos, you just dip your head under the camera, all right? It isn't about you. You're not involved. Actually, come uh, back here. You are involved. You <laughs> no. have a lineage. You know what? You know what? I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't. Um, got a heart condition. I'm sorry. But well, I would. Yeah, well, then you're I would, gonna be in the I'm can't. I'm sorry. Something, babe. You better, <laughs> so you, better, you better get your thimble out. <laughs> we need you. Oh, uh, right. But people that are from this country, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, roots. No, it's the they people. have said they don't respect the government enough to fight for the country because they don't agree with it. You know, working class people are not respected in this, in this mm. country, right? In my opinion. Um, why would I, the granddaughter of immigrants, who is time and time through policies, through people, people that just live in this country all the mm. time, through social media, just reminded constantly that this is this is not my country. You this are, is not my country. So why am I fighting for it? Why am I up in arms? The- um, what are they call the Twitter um, English EDL kind of army, the people with the England and Union Jacks in their bios. This is our country. It's your time to shine. It's your time to shine. <laughs> Listen, I'm, I've, t- I've said it on this show. Like here in Slough, never had any problems really. But tell me why. Like I was 18 and moved to Liverpool, and I got called every slur under the sun like yeah, this is not that. my country do you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. why am i defending the people that live here when they don't treat me with the same respect like and then the government that doesn't treat our people with the same respect yeah the government that doesn't treat people period with respect i mean let, let's be honest i feel like if this whole mandatory conscription thing was introduced no one's I, gonna do it. yeah i don't think it's gonna the happen. first thing i thought when i saw it because the um, headlines made it seem a lot scarier than you literally read two sentences into it and it's like UK Army General said this. Yeah. It's just scaremongering. 100%. For 24 hours, it was just complete scaremongering. Like I said, sorry, I would, but I can't. Sorry. It's not happening. Yeah, sorry, my knee kind of hurts. Mm. Um, my knee hurts. My put, hurts. Uh, I'm lactose intolerant. Uh, you can't believe you can't send me to war. My tummy hurts. The vibes. <laughs> the, this is Gen Z going to war. Like, the vibes no, the aren't are vibing off. today. Like, the vibes no, are kind of mid Maybe low tomorrow. Mm. Yeah, the vibes are kind of mid low key. I'm not going. Yeah. <sighs> but, I'm not being funny. Like, And also, don't you have to train people? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's not. The thing is, as well, isn't there like such a like obesity epidemic in this country, and like no one's fit and healthy? Isn't there so many like where's Jamie Oliver? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, him and his five kids, what they're called, poppy flower blossom. They can go. You can't conscript the children, Carlos. Well, on that note, right? Segue. No. Have you seen? Are they going to make it like fourteen? Well, did you see what happened with Young Philly recently? No. So this was before there was any talk of like UK conscription. It was actually like last week. 
um, British Army recruiters had planned to host a Fortnite session via Twitch live stream. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Yeah. Via Twitch live stream involving famous YouTubers in an attempt to get more gamers and young people to sign up. The YouTubers wow. included Els the Witch and Young Philly. Wow. This was planned for the 24th of Jan, but it seems to have been pulled because um, everyone was obviously up, like, for need of a better word, up in arms about it. Um, because everyone's first of all, like, why are you obviously targeting children to join the army? And also, Young Philly has been someone obviously surrounded by the likes of Chunks, etc., who have all been very vocal about standing with Palestine. Um, the British army is massively complicit in what's going on and they're one of um, the uk is like a massive um Wait. seller of arms to israel yeah here so you are screaming right you're now. screaming free palestine yet you're also encouraging people to join the british army i'm so confused right now because okay first of all the bag must have been well that's the thing ticks mm. incentive like that's that's a bit mad okay first of all second of all we have to like whose idea was it in the british market in british army marketing team to target fortnite like gamers like young game i swear kids that are like eight years old play fortnite right mm. that's wait like, what and like who whose idea was that because honestly could you go as far to say that's a form of grooming you know what i i i know we're on radio and we're saying this is in our opinion and stuff but now that you said that you know what you're right like because it is <laughs> because you know a lot of kids the sad reality is a lot of kids are play games because they have nothing else to do like you know they don't they they aren't encouraged to like be studying or being outside you know kids in the uk i don't think are massively encouraged to be outside in general because we just don't really have that depending on where you live you don't really have that amount of space to go outside or like whatever right a lot so many kids are just pacified with ipads it's a common thing everyone knows this right if you're going to target a kid that is spending six hours a day after school on Fortnite. Can you not? Is there something not dark about that? Maybe grooming's a really strong way to put it, but, no, like, but is there not something dark about it? It is essentially. It, it is ultimately incentivizing people to join the army from such but a young age. You're coming into their space, yeah. Which is ironically like it, Fortnite's stupid, but you're coming into their space where their parents aren't even i'm assuming present because mm. whose parents are just watching their kid play Fortnite to then incentivize and potentially 10 years down the line recruit these kids yeah the thing is as well they're getting in trouble because um, it's actually against the rules of the people that created Fortnite. Um, even though the trailer for this Young Philly thing stated that the promotion was not sponsored, endorsed, or administered by Epic Games, their creator rules actually right. state that commercial content and sponsors must not <laughs> promote enrollment in the military. So it's, it's, it's completely breaking the rules in the first place. I would love to know whose idea this was. Who came up with it? It's so obscure. It's, it, it's, it's so many things because it's in my opinion evil but then also it's just like stupid at the same time like just so many yeah. there's a very there's definitely a dark side to it that i just think like you're targeting children when they're away from their parents who are way too young to even understand the gravity of what they could potentially be signing up to yeah and you're getting them at a young age yeah indoctrinating brainwashing that's scary yeah. and you know what with this whole conscription thing in general right i know people like say like oh in world war one world war two times people were very happy 
to go like it, they felt it was a sense of duty right because because of their like patriotic passion towards this country you can even tell in my voice i'm just i want to <laughs> laugh but like it was a different social and political landscape back then where people felt like it was their duty to potentially like you know risk their life for their country yeah. we don't live in that world anymore this country is mm. so multicultural so ethnically diverse and when time and time again reminded that we don't belong here and other people that are coming in still do not belong here yeah and that they can just be shipped off to like places like rwanda that act as a dumping ground for refugees like the inhumane conditions that immigrants and refugees are subjected to in this country in this very day and age and you want to get the the lay person up in arms against russia because your military is too small it really is giving the uk as a simulation time and time again it's giving the uk is living off the back of its colonial past and it doesn't know what to do without the amount of power that it had before facts in my opinion mm. moving on um on the topic of war conflict etc obviously going to touch upon what's been happening in palestine in terms of the last um week first of all want to touch on something that's maybe a bit more positive in the way in the sense that we're obviously commending them um motaz zaza has actually left gaza for those who don't know he's a 24 year old palestinian photojournalist who has been key in documenting the ongoing events in gaza um he's always been a photojournalist obviously but when this whole um most recent conflict started on october the 7th his instagram was on 25k and now it's gone up to 18.5 million followers and that just shows how many people and how important he has been in terms of documenting his work cannot be understated like he's been so paramount in in the like recording in the journalism like in the documentation of Mm. what's been going on and it's all there as well like it's not going anywhere i'm thankful obviously people I, like him. yeah i watched it it was honestly harrowing like the yeah. stuff that was on there was like it it just it transported you to a different world that you were like you watching it from an iphone obviously does not compare yeah. in the magnitude of what it's like walking through those streets but it was shocking and it fa- just gave you the tiniest not even a one percent mm. glimpse of what they're going through and the fact as well that obviously aside from the fact that he will have obviously been traumatized to some extent witnessing that time and time again um you've also got the fact that he is risking his has been risking his own life obviously we've known that so many journalists have um been killed over the past like three months in palestine yeah he's remained there and it's only now it was after 108 days that he decided finally that he was going to leave um he said in this video um this is the last time you will see me with this heavy stinky vest i decided to evacuate today hopefully i'll come back and help to build gaza again um but yeah just can't commend him enough and his name's gonna go down in history as being like one of the most important figures in terms of documenting what's been going on in palestine yeah, alongside like the aid workers the doctors the volunteers <clears throat> the people that risk their life time and time again the journalists will go down in history in this event like it is honestly i've got like goosebumps talking about it but it's just incredible like so many accounts that i've like seen their bravery and stuff like their services will not go like unnoticed you know what i mean yeah for sure um touching upon 
now something that's quite interesting that's come out this week in regards to as well what we've been talking about um with barbie obviously everyone's been kind of up in arms about this um can we stop uh, using the words up in arms <laughs> i know it's like but what's the bottom of their way everyone's been riled up riled, I don't want to riled up. everyone's been riled up about um this arguably feminist issue however um people have been pointing out that what's going on in palestine arguably is a feminist issue as well due to the fact that currently women in gaza are using tent scraps apparently in pace in place of period products because um, of the lack of supplies there but there's around fifty thousand pregnancies currently apparently miscarriages have increased by 300 percent there are women in palestine that are currently undergoing c-sections without anesthesia um, and out of the um, 25,000 that are confirmed dead, um, 70% of them are women and children. So we've obviously spoken in the past about how we can't forget about the Palestinian men and how much of an impact this has had on them. I think particularly with that um, statistic of the 70% of them being women and children, but at the same time, like this is, <coughs> it, this is, this is just horrific. I'm like, seeing those stats and, yeah just pray that it comes to an end soon yeah and like away from what's happening in palestine right now period poverty across the world is so real and i wish right now like i wish i had more like research and stats and facts to back this up but like sorry um it's so real like the amount of women and girls in areas where there's conflict or areas where it's slightly more deprived even in this country like the accessibility of sanitary products for women and girls and people that have periods is so like in a lot of places in a lot of cases extremely inaccessible that people have to make do with what they have tent scraps that's so not sanitary at all and that's just i couldn't even imagine it getting to a point where you'd have to like get that innovative to find a solution and yeah like you said like a heart just goes out to those people yeah I mean, also, again, sticking on the topic of Palestinian men as well, um, I don't know if you've seen the ITV News footage from this week, um, but, yeah, this is ITV News, so um, people have been pointing out this isn't Al Jazeera, um, any um, Middle Eastern um, news um, company. This is a British, um, for need of a better word, respected like by the majority of people um news um what's it called organization they were carrying out an interview with a group of palestinian men who were holding a white flag i think in southern gaza um they were stating that they wanted to rescue their family members they were quoted as saying everywhere you find the israeli army the shooters at home in any building and in the street um the camera crew then were walking away. They turned around for one final shot of the men that they just spoken to who were still holding a white flag. And then on camera, the IDF gunned them down and actually killed the person that had just been giving the interview. The IDF has dismissed this video in a statement to ITV News saying it's not aware of this incident and it's clearly edited and we have no way to comment. But I don't know what for anyone that is still in any kind of doubt about what's going on like what more proof do you need now like you've literally got the the british media live on camera have got this footage like yeah itv aired it yeah like it's, it's it was out live. there 
I don't know if it was live or not, but the footage has definitely gone out on the news since, yeah. Yeah. I'm really speechless. Yeah. That's insane. How... <laughs> it's insane that, like, you know, when the first hospital got bombed and it was like, we would never... Mm. That's what the IDF came out and said, like, you know, that's, like, so past our capability, we would never do that. And then now there's, like, no hospitals left. Yeah. And now a hospital getting bombed is expected. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. I do literally like, got it's just <clears throat> camera proof of stuff it, happening and they just openly just deny it, even when it's coming from literally a British media oh site. Oh my god, that's so sad. Yeah. Um so that's been in the news. Um there's also apparently been ceasefire rejections on both sides. Yeah. Um, so Israel apparently has rejected a permanent ceasefire in exchange for a return of all hostages. This deal would also include the release of a large number of Palestinian prisoners. Um, so that's that's nothing new. We already know that like Israel has on multiple occasions rejected the release of hostages in place of a ceasefire, etc. But then also on the flip side, we've also seen that Egyptian officials have apparently reported that Hamas have rejected um, a proposal by Israel for a two-month ceasefire during which they would need to release Israeli hostages in exchange for Palestinian security prisoners. The officials said that Hamas leaders have also refused to leave Gaza and are demanding that Israel fully withdraw from the territory and allow Palestinians to return to their homes. Israel has not confirmed this report. Um, now, I've seen some people using that as a way to say, well, look, like Hamas doesn't care either. They're not get opting for it they don't want peace they're not opting for a ceasefire um like you, you keep saying about how like israel won't go for a ceasefire but here i'm asking the same thing and i'm not defending um that in any way like obviously i want peace and i want all hostages returned etc that being said i think if you look at things you can understand why they wouldn't necessarily opt for that because obviously a two-month ceasefire i mean the ceasefire kind of indicates that things are going to kick off back again anyway moving on and um, finally to um the outcome of the icj hearing that was um took place at the hague in the past couple of weeks i don't know if it's hague or hague i don't know hague, hague. yeah don't laugh Aww. at me no, no, I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at a really nice comment that we got. Oh, uh, what a show? Shout out, mystery Affil official. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Are you going to do the thing today? Yeah, yeah, I am, obviously. At the end. Anyway, going back to serious mode. Um, sorry, sorry. The, U the UN court has ruled that Israel must take all measures to prevent genocidal acts in Gaza. Um, there's been a bit of debate over whether this is a win or not so like i've said they've made a number of rulings against israel in favor of south africa so it's been ruled that the state of israel must take all measures to prevent the commission of genocide to gaza the state of israel shall ensure that the military not commit any acts of genocide israel shall take all measures to punish all public solicitations to genocide israel shall take immediate and effective measures to address adverse conditions to life in the gaza strip israel shall take effective measures to preserve evidence of actions impacting the genocide convention and israel shall submit to the court a report all measures taken to follow the orders of this court within one month wow so wow. 
basically in a month they need to come back and say this is what we've done now unless then unless what what's the what's the consequence if they don't do that well this is the thing this is what some people are kind of pointing out like well then what and also it's again a month a lot can happen in a month as we've seen some people have found fault with it saying it didn't issue an emergency order for a ceasefire um it's like basically allowed israel to continue um like how many more lives are going to be taken before this um finishes however on the flip side other people have said obviously like this is not necessarily going to stop things straight away however this is a really big step and it's condemning israel on a um, global stage and also um just because they didn't say ceasefire like i was mentioning before ceasefire is always going to be temporary like it it was a ceasefire it's literally Mm. a halt in a conflict um it was never gonna like end like this ruling was never going to end what's going on but at the same time, um, just because a ceasefire hasn't been mentioned, it doesn't mean that this isn't a step in the right direction. So I don't know. I, I, I hear both sides of it, to be honest. Um, but I think ultimately... No, I think it's, yeah, you can't deny that it's a good first step. Yeah. You can you can nitpick, but like I feel like you can... like This is a, this is a dub. Yeah. But I do I do understand the tentativeness of people to kind of be like, well, could a report be fabricated? Is our lives still going to be lost in the next month? Mm. Um, you know, just because they can report that they're taking measures to prevent genocide doesn't mean that on the ground things aren't still going to be happening. But that's at the from me, me saying sitting here saying it right now is speculation. Yeah. And also the allegation of um genocide that south africa is put forward that's not going to be officiated um it's not expected to be officiated for a number of years like um it takes years to actually obviously collate the evidence yeah. and we're not going to yeah. see that um but in terms of israel taking it seriously however um literally yesterday once these rulings came out their security minister already tweeted in response to it hey schmeig so yeah i thought it was a joke and i literally went on twitter and saw it and this is it's it's just ridiculous because these tweets and everything is what the south africa has been using as evidence of them not t- of, of them conducting this genocide oh <laughs> like here they are literally- can i can i also make this another commentary on twitter as an app go for it like what is twitter like how how do you have poli- politicians like talking about like policy about governance about everything right in in every country and then also like tweeting out memes about barbie oscar nominations and then haig schmeig and then you've also got what we were talking about on twitter earlier deep fakes and then you've got yeah. memes like what's going on what's going on at least need to know yeah so i think all in all um you can't not view the um, ICJ rulings in the positive light but I do think this it's, this is this isn't the end basically people need mm. to keep pushing for what's right but it's a step and, in the right direction yeah for sure um and it'll be interesting to see what the UK says in response to these rulings because they have obviously stood by Israel's side throughout this whole ordeal um so now the ICJ is literally ruled that there is every possibility that they are conducting a genocide then 
Yeah, and the use of that word is it means a lot. Yeah, I think I saw someone else say as well that I feel like we can feel a lot more comfortable in using that word as well because there's always been sort of the speculation of oh can you actually call it a genocide like what determines a genocide but the fact that this has literally gone to the ICJ and they've done rulings that say you need to make sure that you're not doing this like I think it's every it's it's certainly now plausible that there is a genocide happening right now even if it hasn't actually been determined yet so yeah um yeah, that concludes this section on Palestine. Um, we've got around 20 minutes left, so we're going to play a bit of music before returning and chatting about events in India. Sorry, am I boring you? Why are you yawning? Um, I can't hear you, mate. You're on mute. Oh, sorry. Hello. Can't get the stuff these days. I so I was so close to swearing at you then. You actually have no I I literally was so close to cussing you out. Well, you've already had your one like pass. That shouldn't have even been a pass on this episode. In three years, I don't think I've had I don't think I've done that. I don't think you've had to apologize for me in three years. I don't think I've sworn on air or anything. Maybe once or twice. Maybe once. Yeah. Maybe. There is one there's one of the culprits, maybe. But yeah, she's exactly. all right. She's all right now, but she used to and be. And also, I said before, I said I don't know if I can say it on radio. And you said, "Well, say it anyway yeah. and apologize." Well, I, I thought it was like going to be a like. <laughs> I didn't. I wasn't expecting that. Okay, right. And I'll anyway, say it again. Right, but I won't. Yeah, please don't. Moving on to the final topic of today. Um, this is something that Halima suggested that we talk about. Now, for those who don't know, Halima... Yeah, and thanks, yeah, Halima. <laughs> Halima is the South Asian um, historian amongst us. And um, now she's giving us homework. <laughs> yeah, which is good in a way, but also please um, understand that... I mean, it's ironic because I suppose, like nationality wise we're the two people who this probably relates to so we probably should be able to speak no, on this Carlos, like, you're the nationality that this could most right, relate to i knew that was coming i'm sorry on your on your passport though yeah yeah that's annoyed me but, but- what, what do you want me to say mate? <laughs> right anyway moving on we're going to talk about, about the Ram Mandir that has been consecrated in India, not Punjab, yes. India, in so India. I can talk about this because I've been keeping up with it. Right. Um, but do you want it? Do you wrong wanna... at any point? Yeah. Jump in. Yeah. But like, so there's been a like area of land in northern India, <clears throat> in Ayodhya, yeah. if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Yeah. Um. There's an area of land there where in 1992, a mosque used to stand and a Hindu nationalist group destroyed it. Yeah. In 1992. I think since then, it has just been like ruins. There's not, there's not been anything there. And now recently, as part of like a BJP, like Hindu nationalist party, whole campaign, like as part of their political campaign, they kind of made this as one of their promises. Yeah. The election's happening later this year. Yeah. It was to consecrate um a hindu temple in place of where that mosque used to stand yeah that has gone through it's happened yeah. it opened five days ago well this is the thing um 
it's not it's been consecrated but the work hasn't actually finished isn't actually finished yeah, it's yet complete. they're basically this is the reason they've done this is obviously because the elections are coming up and they need to yeah. do it so yeah but anyone with half a brain can understand what that can then mean for people that do not agree with or align with the policies of the bjp in india right mm. and the fact that this has now in my opinion i think it has the potential to embolden a lot of people to kind of take on those views and it kind of really gives people the confidence and the political standing to then go about their day-to-day -day kind of putting in these views and like i just think it's gonna it really opens up a floodgate to potential discrimination and violence yeah and i mean that's what happened um, in 1992 when this um like what what was the mosque was um demolished um it ignited a load of communal mm -hmm. violence across the indian subcontinent um so just to give like, a bit of like more history on this area in general like simran said this was a mosque up until 1992 when um a group of indian nationalists um like demolished the mosque essentially i think it was like a bit it started off as a riot and then escalated to that um leading to more communal violence across the indian subcontinent prior to that um this mosque which is known as the Babri masjid that was built in the 1500s um during the um i think the first um muggle rule i think that it was around that time yeah, basically yeah. when muslims were largely in control of the indian subcontinent um however many hindus say um that um this um this masjid actually was put in place of a pre-existing hindu temple um and they say that this temple is particularly special because it is apparently on the birthplace of where lord rama um, was born they believe that they believe that it's especially important because of this there has been um investigations into this and i believe that they've found that um evidence that there probably was a hindu temple here at some point um however they can't confirm or deny as to whether this was destroyed in order for the mosque to be built um basically so they're obviously like um, hardcore Hindu nationalists will say, yeah, the um, Muslims knocked down our temple and built a mosque on it. However, there's no proof that it actually happened at that mm -hmm. point in time. Um, that being said, it's important to obviously realise that this area has its importance to both Hindus and Muslims um, going back centuries. Um, so, the, obviously, a lot of Hindus... Okay sorry go on i was gonna say i think like if you take the religious significance away from that specific plot of land it still just says like it's a very big political message in terms of like we can destroy one religion's place of worship and replace it with another yeah, and i think for sure my main thing with this is and why i've been following it like as a sikh like it doesn't give me a lot of confidence for like if they can do it to mosque they can do it to gudware and like obviously yeah. I, I carry the way but like it's it's a very scary time to be living in india when you are not a hindu right now and i think like it's it's tough because it's a very like it's a very like contentious topic to speak about and i, I don't know how to go about this the right way but like i feel like it's it's 
for me it just seems very scary that people are now going to be so emboldened to carry out certain things and obviously i think it definitely opens the floodgates for like the scope of potential like violence that could come of this and we've seen so many things happen yeah since this like plans come about and like little incidents of violence against muslim people and things like that like it's just it's it's been heartbreaking to follow mm. and to be honest it makes me really scared for like what the consequences of this could be in the future both for muslims and sikhs and other people that are just not hindus living in india yeah i mean because this um this consecration has been treated essentially as like a national holiday like yeah and it's like the way it's been celebrated yeah 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 and like the to me it's just i can't describe anything other than scary well this is the thing as well because the first way that i came to know of this is because i um it came to my knowledge that the hindu community were celebrating oh there's this yeah. temple yeah. in the like in india that's been built and then i was told the history about it so i was like okay and then obviously you kind of look into it and you're like okay it's a bit more complicated than that um but i think i saw a quote from um a historian called salil um tripathi he um has said that um India is no longer a land of nuances. A significant part of its population wants an assertive government and a black and white narrative where subjugated Hindus are reclaiming their identity and the foreigners who colonised the country in the past, the British and before then mm -hmm. Muslims, are mm -hmm. cast as villains. Such an approach risks turning into a multi-dimensional country risks turning a multi-dimensional country into a cardboard caricature of itself the ram temple consecration marked another milestone on that path which modi walks in the hope of getting elected once again i think that summarizes it perfectly to be honest no notes yeah and again like modi literally early this month put out a um, audio message for social media saying god has made me an instrument to represent all the people of india so it's very it's very obvious what's going on it's really terrifying it's it's it's, yeah. it's terrifying honestly there's no other way to describe it. and i don't when i use the word like hindu i don't mean like obviously every person's walking around in india i mean like the nationalists like the people that really take it to the extreme like the paramilitarized the paramilitarized groups that kind of conduct these acts of violence against people and really really like are so far right wing in mm. that sense that's what is scary yeah. but the more that they feel emboldened and liberated in their beliefs the scarier it gets and like you said like this the consecration of this temple becoming a milestone in that pathway to that india that he envisions that modi envisions the the further along that pathway we get the more in danger that the ethnic minorities stand yeah. in that in the subcontinent yeah especially when you consider obviously they're the the hindu nationalists they are the bjp's core voter base essentially and you know what i'm scared to even say that on on here because i know what our comments look like when we talk about this kind of stuff like yeah if this um, ends up becoming a social clip i think we all know how that's gonna go down that's why i refrain from speaking about it because it's it's a one group of people that i just try to avoid like hearing the opinions of because it's terrifying to me as like a punjabi sick female i've been through the ringer with it like i was talked about on the twitter thing like i just that's why i keep my mouth shut on this kind of stuff which i know is not really the right thing to do but like you have to protect your peace sometimes you know yeah hence why simran wasn't best pleased when i said like we are the people that probably should be talking about this yeah you're right it is but as in but i am the 
one of the best people because I'm also an ethnic minority in a country that's supposed to be home for me. Yeah. It's, like, uh, it's, it's, it's scary times. Yeah. Well, scary times. Let's finish today's episode on a positive note then. It birthday. is birthday time. However, it has been um, a bit less in numbers this week. Can you week. promise me you're not going to play dubstep this time? I can promise there is going to be no dubstep Guys, this time. Guys, if you listen to last week's episode, I'm really sorry because I said don't actually play Bangarang and he played Bangarang. Oh, yeah, this is a throwback. I loved it. And he didn't post it on Instagram anyway. Which I'm not like- going to post it on it. The whole point where we do that is because it's like new music and people are like, oh, we're getting played on the radio. Skrillex, this song came out like <laughs> over know. 10 years ago. <laughs> Skrillex is not going to look at his Instagram and be like, oh, cool, Mango Masala in Manchester are playing Bangarang. Good for He's them. buzzing if he did, though. Anyway, you know, there was like a two week period in year 10 where I was like actually trying to get into dubstep. And like, I remember having the songs in my Blackberry and actually listening to them. And it was, it was purely Skrillex. And then I was just like, what am I doing? And I just I had know. a Skrillex phase. I had a big Skrillex phase. Mm. I used to go to school. <laughs> I'm not gonna say. No. <laughs> no. No. Okay. Really right. So let's go on to the birthdays from this week then. Um, as I said, a couple less than last week, but hey ho. Have you done this with Halima yet? No, she's, does she even know that this is a thing? Probably not. She's gonna get a massive oh, surprise. Just, <laughs> just keep quiet. We'll see her reaction okay. to it. Yeah, I'll act like, you know what? It. I'm gonna act like it's so normal. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just sit there like poker face. Just yeah. <laughs> um, right. So we have got happy birthday to on the 21st of January, Luke Littler, the <laughs> finalist of the world the darts thing oh how old is he now he has now turned 17 believe it or not (laughs) (laughs) yet to see his passport but um, (laughs) apparently he is now 17 also on the 21st emma bunton previously of the spice girls she has turned 48 yeah big love to emma bunton no she's so funny also we have got i believe yesterday on the 26th mr joash one of our faves. Aww, I got, why didn't you start with him? Why did I, what do you want to start with him? Happy birthday. Happy birthday wait, to Wait, oh Josh. no, sorry. <laughs> you know how dumb I am. I was going to go, wait, don't we have the same birthday? And I was realised, first of all, it's not my right. birthday. <laughs> Second of all, that's pretty yeah. <sighs> Moving on. But the final person whose birthday it is that wanted to get a bit of a special shout out. She's born on the 25th. She is now 43. And her name is Alicia Keys. Paps, Paps. Yeah, happy birthday, Alicia Keys. And I was thinking, oh, should I play a Joe Ash song? But when am I ever going to get a chance to play Alicia Keys on Manga Masala? I'm not. So, with that being said, this is No One by Alicia Keys. Oh, this is I was all for you. It was be no one. Yeah, right. 10 seconds left. Thanks, everyone. Bye, we will guys. see you next week. Bye. <laughs>